Welcome to our Growth Hacking Meetup podcast. Our Growth Hacking Meetup is held in Zurich. We regularly invite founders from the Swiss lean startup scene to present and discuss their growth cases with focus on their challenges and practical tips. Each of the presenters introduces their company before presenting the growth case. After the presentation, we have a Q&A with the Growth Hacking panel and audience. Our panel consists of Joel Capt, Head of Growth at Beekeeper, and Marcus Kuhn, Lean Startup Expert and Product Architect, and Partner at Watt. The discussions are moderated by Luke Skudlerek, Founding Partner and Growth Hacking Lead at Watt. In this podcast, we bring to you a growth case from Streaks, a hyper-casual esports platform where anyone can play mobile games and win cash and run their own tournaments and use esports as an accessible yet effective marketing tool for their personal brand. Influencers, streamers, YouTubes or traditional brands can promote their own branded gaming competitions using their smartphones only. Founder Florin Genau will present the Streaks growth case. Hi, I'm Florin from Streaks. Um, first question, who plays eSports in this room? No one? Ah, one person. <laughs> who plays um, video games of any kind, like mobile games, Candy Crush? Or who works in um, advertisement or marketing? Um, so, quickly about me. Um, Streaks is a very early, young company. It's not even founded and not incorporated. I'm bootstrapping. I started one year ago, um, full-time since August, so it's very fresh with two people. Um, before that, I founded Struct. It's a gaming company. I'm serving in the board at Struct. And I started to code very early, and I have a master in game design. So very quickly, that's the pitch for the for the gamers. You can play games and win cash for free. So it sounds really good. And on the other side, for brands, it's a platform to reach new audiences on their smartphones, gamers, uh, digital audiences. So that's the journey. Um, yes, in August the 30th, we ran the first tournament on our prototype on streaks because on these mobile games you can play um, tournaments so it's like a candy crush game or a super simple flappy bird game a hyper casual game not a hardcore esports game but um, a fun casual game and you can have tournaments on that and win prizes um, at the first tournament, 10 participators signed up, and it was really a hard work to acquire them. Um, yeah, not so much because it were twice, it was myself, then three family members, three friends, <laughs> and one stranger found the app organically. Um, but it was hard work because I had to onboard them and ask for feedback. And what I learned is, um, it's really good to do the dirty work in the beginning because if the product, if, if these two minutes of playing that game is not fun for the end user, you can't scale, no one will ever pay you, whatever the business model is. So it was a cool experience. After it was fun for these three family members and friends, I decided to scale or let's say <coughs> I thought about what is the next step, a business model, a growth hack, because it's very difficult in gaming. It's a super crowded market to, uh, to be competitive and have lots of users. So these were the metrics um, after the first tournament, exactly. 
And then I started to think about the influencers. So if they host the tournament, so for example, the Streaks Cup is hosted by, and then there's a popular name, he can bring the users, and we have more users, and he has a cool tool to engage his community. So we run at the event, at the conference. It was an event. There was a perfect opportunity to, to run that tournament. There was an influencer. Um, it worked. Actually, it worked. Um, we had 25 participators, so much more, and 50% of the people he brought in. And the metrics were really great. 12.4 average runs per participant, and one run is around two minutes. So it was an extreme, it was a ripoff of Tetris, but they played it for 25 minutes. So that's really cool. Um, unfortunately, I discovered that the influencers don't have a lot of motivation to do that because for them it's work, they cannot make money, they are most likely not willing to invest their own money into a prize pool and if they do don't do that it cannot work in the yeah in the business model and then something happened on youtube someone promoted um, a video from indonesia indonesia and he promised i will get many downloads and uh, truly uh, quickly the tournaments were crowded i opened three more tournaments and they were also crowded and my inbox was full of emails. Um, when do I get my money? Um, I requested a payout uh, yesterday. Do you really pay? And so um, for them, like $5 is sometimes a lot. And it really proved the market in these, in these countries. And it was, yeah, it was fun to see how many people poured in. And it was a proof uh, test for the backend. That was cool. Uh, people started to cheat. So it's better to, to have these... Um, problems early with Indonesian people than when we really face brands and advertisers. Um, these are the metrics. Um, this tournament had almost 1,200 runs and it was really cool. Um, then I thought about the affiliate system because the influencers requested to, yeah, or some YouTubers requested to make money um, by promoting us. Um, this was the point when I discovered either we charge the players um, in the business model, then we're a casino, basically, because they can pay and win cash, or if it's free to play, then we have to find someone else who pays, and it's not the influencers, so the only opportunity or the only option left is the brands and advertisers. So. Yeah, these are the total metrics until today. Um, yeah, much more than 10 participators in the beginning, and this grew organically then after the first tournament. So now we target brands. That's the focus. It's very clear. It's the business model makes sense. Um, they can promote their products and brands to digital audiences by hosting captivating mobile gaming tournaments on streaks. They can sponsor one tournament or have a full white label app and have the, the, their own esports community and establish that. And yeah, now the challenges, how can we optimize the sales process? Which payment um, technology works best for yeah, globally to do quick cash outs? 
Um, yeah, but mainly now I'm really focused on testing the model with brands and advertisers. So if you have ideas which company, brand, consumer brand would love to try eSport, it's very quick to set up and everything works. Um, we have first leads in this um, area of advertisers and we are shipping the first white label apps. Um, but the learning will still be to come because we work on that now. Cool, that's great. Thank you. Grab a seat. Uh, I have lots of questions, so we can we just start with, uh, so with the product for the brand. I mean, do they, well, you said white label, so do they uh, then create, like for Filab, for example, you can create an uh, e-game or is that, or do you place a brand inside an exist of an existing game? Basically existing games. Mm -hmm. um, we have a platform with now three games that we created. Uh, we have an API for other game developers to plug their games mm -hmm. into the eSports setup. So existing games, yes. Um, so the first step for a brand would be to pick an existing game okay. or pick an existing game and yeah, have a bit of customization, but not too much. But, but for example, uh, a brand would need a visibility. So that would be one of the biggest selling points for them. Will be, they will ask you, okay, how many users have you got? How many active users and so on? So do you have enough active users to be attractive to brands? Um, um, I hear that a lot. Um, at the moment, no. Mm -hmm. um, no. <laughs> okay, so, the, the, the but, but is, so is it really the, the, the right point to attract more brands, or is it? This is this is one. Um, it's like one package. If they just want to spend money and advertise on the existing community, the mm -hmm. other thing I'm I'm testing if they have an existing community, but need. Um, yeah, an eSports game and... Uh, okay, so it will have to be a good fit into the... Yeah, and then mm -hmm. engage their existing communities. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, from maybe, Joel, from your, your perspective, from beekeeper and B2B sales, maybe you want to share a couple of points, how you would approach brands. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of like a tricky situation, right? I mean, if you do, if you do branding, um, basically your audience is key to the brand, right? So when, you're, when users are in Indonesia, then the brand definitely wants to like, advertise in Indonesia. And this is also where you need um, to look for a brand, right? Um, what I, what I see is that you definitely have like um, a business here, um, which is like substantially different than the usual uh, gaming um, industry or like uh, free games advertisement industry, because your users are mainly extrinsic motivated in playing your game at the moment, right? And the motivation is money. This is why they play. So like, from what I understood, so, um, I mean, there's no real um, retention unless there is no money, right? And this, I guess, is is the challenge also for the moment when, like, platforms ask you, hey, what is your user base? Because they used to the existing current industry, which you basically differentiate substantially from. But, uh, but that's not necessarily a problem because, no. for example, a brand could also sponsor a prize and they could say, um, you know, we want to do a game with you and, let's say, launch in... Uh, in a country and we sponsor, you know, $20,000 price, right? That, because that would definitely help you acquire more users if there was a bigger price, if people just pay for money. Yes, it's it's the model, um, advertise on existing community or have a piece of technology, which is a game to, to engage an existing community, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like um, I like the idea. What will be what will be um, definitely big challenges. I mean, what the other free gaming tools are doing basically is they're they're leveraging incentive, uh, intrinsic motivation of the users to basically grow their user base, right? Which you outline in your phrase is exactly the challenge, right? Um, so that's very. I think this will be one key part um, to solve at the very end. You mean like um, a meta game for the gaming system, so not the gameplay part, but like earning, yeah, not only the prices and the pure gameplay, but having a level up system or leagues and so the whole esports thrill that why people play esports is because they want to level up in their leagues and so. And yes, this is definitely, this is would be really cool to have. Um, and that would be different from a traditional hyper-casual game where there is no meta game. Mm. And uh, what would it take to, like for Beekeeper, for example, because the idea is really cool and the technology is really interesting and it works, right? So I think that's uh, uh, really already a big achievement anyway. So for Beekeeper to implement something like this as an add-on to, let's say, introduce it to corporates where then the, the users of the Beekeeper app can then play and maybe win some rewards, would that be something, how, what would it take to persuade you to do this? <laughs> That's a good question, because um, what we hear from our customers very often is like, they don't want their employees to actually spend too much time on their phone, right? Um, what does it take? I mean, it's, it's a difficult question to answer, but I think the secret sauce in, in, in that um, entire game is basically that you find um, the right market, right? I mean, companies spend a huge amount of money for influencer marketing, for building their brands, right? And I think especially markets where existing channels like Facebook and Instagram are um, either not present or already declining, um, there is room for a new tool to basically um, offer such services and put their brand in faces of millions of people um, through basically such a new market, such a new game. And I think there, um, the opportunity um, is definitely there. Yeah, it really depends on the brand. Um, I don't think that Beekeeper is a fit. <laughs> um, it's no, but I meant Beekeeper's uh, customers, right? They, they work with some of the, you guys have like- I don't think so. No? Um, you don't see it working? I don't know the product that well, so I can't really say it, right? But you want to have your, your, your people to work and you're not advertising like for your platform through gaming. Um, the most, uh, the best feedback I, I got is from like consumer brands. Okay, but, cars, sure. Models. But can you give me like one example where you think it fits or like really fits? What would be your ideal customer? Um, currently, the, the case we're working on, so the signals are the best, is um, uh, eSports company slash organization and they run events like with real hardcore Fortnite and so. And during the events they have breaks offline but also online they stream it on Twitch and <coughs> also online on Twitch there are breaks and during the breaks, you can engage people with a okay. small competition and have an overlay of the countdown live on yeah. Twitch. And so, so it sounds like you're st it's still in this esports bubble, right? It's not. Uh, it's, it would be difficult to find brands that are not part of it and then benefit. Yeah, from but the then product. the the big esports um, leagues and tournaments are sponsored by brands. Okay. Or let's say Louis Vuitton puts their 
um, their pockets, their bags, handbags, their bags as a like as as a trophy. Okay. They did that, so okay. they are tapping into that, and it's the same dynamics, but on a on a mobile scale. Okay. Um, Marcus, would you like to contribute something onto the product conversation or marketing conversation? I was just wondering one thing if uh, on the user engagement side, if you've tried to uh, turn players into promoters. So if uh, you've tried to turn people that play the game into people that actually get you more players. Yes, um, a lot. Uh, why would they do that? Money. Yes, as the affiliate model, right? But then we we can basically, if we pay them to do that, that's basically user acquisition, paid user acquisition. Yeah, that that is true. But uh, normally, someone that uh, plays uh, probably has a lot of trust and uh, credibility with other players by saying, "Hey, I've played this and it was a lot of fun. You should play my tournament," yeah. and uh, that might then although you need to pay them, uh, be a lower amount than you need to pay for Google Ads to get uh, people there? Yes, um, I was looking for a solution for, for them to have an intrinsic motivation and insert a price pool from their own pockets. That would be amazing, but I think I don't think it will happen. But what you say is, yeah, it's cool when, we, when we're in a growth phase and really have a budget for advertisement. Then it can work. Okay, I think we can move on to the questions from the public. So I will just read them out. I think the first one is about the sales funnel. And if you could share uh, how is your sales funnel structured and the top of the funnel content looks like right now. I mean, how do you basically attract customers and take them through the lead, gen lead uh, process? Currently on the focus, there are either brands directly or agencies. So I have both in the funnel. Um, what I have is uh, the project is supported by Creative Hub, which is a um, yeah, startup support. Mm -hmm. They have a network. Um, they are they have a good, great network with the agencies. I was mm -hmm. able to meet a lot of. So it's mostly agents. partnerships at the moment. And, uh, uh, yeah, the agency network. will be a partner. But then I reached out like to. Yeah, to the to the bigger telcos and stuff. I just reached out directly, okay. and LinkedIn um, search for head of marketing, head of digital, and then you get a huge list sure. of all. The but it sounds like you don't have like a structured, let's say, funnel where you have okay, the first step is this, second step is this, third step is this, and you take. No, I, I need to get a lot of feedback and like three meetings with, re with very qualitative feedback is better than mm -hmm. have a funnel in order to be able to handle 10 uh, sure. sales processes. And I guess you're in that stage where you're still yeah. learning and adapting the products. Like, exactly. Right? So, so I think it's maybe too early. I think to coffee and not getting distracted by yeah. the funnel. <laughs> Sounds good. And the uh, next uh, question is quite interesting as well. I mean, how do you create a uh, hype around the brand? So if you can think of like an imaginary example where someone can sponsor a tournament and how would you yeah. make it uh, kind of hyped and the ideal scenario would be that we provide the platform where it's technically possible to launch the tournaments and then either the brand itself but they won't do it um, organize that mm -hmm. or their agency does that and agencies um, 
they like if they can present new ideas or like getting the mandate of, let's say, the community building part of that project in that case. And technically you can uh, have a, um, a competition that starts today, then you can have the quarterfinals next week, the semifinals. You can create like a storyline with. Okay, so it's not only just one off, it's actually an ongoing can story. Like, right? um, yeah, a, a parallel uh, competition to the real FIFA football um, world championship. Okay. So you can use that. Cool. And maybe uh, a final question. What payment processor are you using and how tricky is it to integrate it with the API? Currently PayPal, um, because it's the easiest to test, but it's a big hustle to do all the cash outs manually um, for unpatient users. Uh, the fees are very high, so you pay um, twice as much as you actually pay if you send money to Indonesia. Um, and currently we're evaluating Stripe and Braintree. Braintree is similar to Stripe. As far as I got it, you can have um, credit card payments, mm -hmm. but Bra Braintree was bought by PayPal, so if they don't have a credit card, you can still do a, um, a PayPal cash out, but okay. we're still in the processing of finding the best one. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to our channel and be the first to know about fresh content from the Swiss Lean startup scene.